Super Talk Mississippi media production. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Well, back to Coast View. You know, one of the things I like about this show is the opportunity every now and then to, to do a bonus track, so to speak. Uh, as you know, I had this wonderful conversation with, uh, with Brad. Uh, from uh, Three Doors Down, and we talked about his life story and so many amazing things. But what I want to do now is uh, share with you the rest of the story on the Bob Seger d- discussion that we had. And so that we pe- people understand it who may not have heard that, let's start over again. Tell me about uh, being across the halls from each other uh, and how you f- came to know it was Bob Seger, because for a long time you didn't even know it was him. You were just talking to this nice man. I had no clue. I'd been talking to, to the nice man for a week or so in the in the studio. Here we were uh, making a record in Nashville, and two studios shared a lounge. And I'd been playing pool with him for a couple of, uh, for a week at least, and and was up talking to the studio manager and and uh, Miss Sharon and said, you know, I, I see you guys are. See, you've been talking to Bob a lot in there. And I, I said, Miss Sharon, is that his name? Because I'm terrible with names. She said, Brad, that's Bob Seeger. And I was so ashamed. But, I, you know, I mean, I tried to play it off. I tried to just go back and like, oh, uh, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure that I let the cat out of the bag. But it moved on from there to, to me asking him, could, you know, uh, would you come listen to a song to uh, maybe would you sing on this song to, uh, hey, would you uh, come sing this song on stage with us? <laughs> So he actually, I mean, he actually did sing on the album with you, didn't he? He did. He <clears throat> did. And that was, uh, he, well, that night I asked him to sing on the record. And uh, or, uh, later on uh, in the week, I, I played him a song. And, I, and that night that I played him the song, I asked him to sing on the record. He said, well, I'll tell you what, son. He said, let me uh, take a copy of the song, Home With Me. And I'll listen to it, and I'll tell you, tell you what I think. And he came back the next day, and he said, you know, I, I would like to sing that with you. And uh and I was standing. I was standing in the parking lot waiting on him when he got there to <laughs> ask him. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me about that moment in Detroit. It was, you know, Bob hadn't been on stage in eight years. He'd not played a show. Detroit's his hometown, and uh, they loved Bob Seger there, you know. And we were playing the show, and we weren't sure that he was going to be there, or if he would, he, he could make it. And uh, hadn't heard, hadn't seen him before the show. So we started the song out. We put the slow line fog out across the stage, and just one light shining down on me and. I sang the first verse, and they said, if he's there, he's there. If not, just keep on doing your part. And uh, and so I was just singing it, and I had my eyes closed, but I was kind of looking out of the corner of my eye. Then we got to the second verse, and I looked down, and there was his feet. And I was like, yes! And he started singing, and that place went crazy. I, I mean, by the end of the song, I, to be honest, I had tears in my eyes and stuff, and I told people, I said, I told him people when he went off stage, I said, y'all just seen one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. That is unreal. Was that recorded? Oh, uh, you know what? No. Nobody Man, what a YouTube sensation that would have been. That would have been pretty awesome. <laughs> I recorded it, though. Now, speaking of YouTube, um, man, what a fascinating development during your career. You know, that and streaming and what's happened there. Um, it really, really is. Give me a feel for what kind of volume we're talking about as it relates to three doors down? Well, I mean, you know, so to do with our most popular song, two songs on there would probably, well, they would definitely be uh, kryptonite in here without you. 
And I would say, and most people might would say that Kryptonite would have probably been the most popular song that we've had. But worldwide, there's something about Here Without You that over the years that song's been, they were put, you know, Universal took all their music off and put it all back on. And uh, so it started, the count started from the same day, 10 years ago. And, you know, Here Without You has 600 million views almost. And Kryptonite has up toward 300 million. And, you know, there's a lot of the other songs have a lot of views. And, you know, it's hard to fathom that many people singing or knowing or even ever hearing your songs. And, and when you get on different social media platforms, you get on Instagram or something, and you see two guys playing guitar in India singing your song. And it just, it gives you a scope of like how far music reaches. And it's incredibly surreal to like, like, like a song I was sitting on my bed, right? And it's like two guys in India singing it now, you know? What's interesting, Brad, though, is it's more than that. And it, clearly di digital technology enables us to connect in ways we never did before. But when you have the ability to write a song like Here Without You, that touches so many people. That's the that's that has to be there first. I mean, that's that's the secret sauce that enables the technology to 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 blast it out to the to, you know to the stratosphere. But you have to have the song first. It's amazing. It's, that. You do. I mean, it's in it's in it's it's amazing to me what a song can do and how simple a song can be. The most simple. Bob Bob Dylan said it better than it, and he said it as simple as it could ever be said. And you know the best song is three chords and the truth, and yeah. and that is, if you can just do that. I I was asked the other day to put a quote in uh, Forbes magazine of who my favorite songwriter was, and I was like, Jesus, I don't know. But you know, I had to like really sit there and like think about it, and I was like, Well, who would my favorite songwriter be? And I ultimately wound up concluding Willie Nelson, because Willie Nelson can say the most in the most simple ways and make you say words that everybody can identify with. And at the same time, just make you wonder like, why didn't I think of that? Because, it, you know what I'm saying? Because he just, and I mean, he's wrote some of the greatest songs of all time, you right. know? but if you just, I, I mean, just go back to just uh, regardless of anything else he ever wrote about writing crazy and crazy. Speaking crazy of writing, being so lonely. That um, <clears throat> when you're out on your ride and lawnmower and thoughts come to mind, you you put them in your iPhone. Tell me about that. How do I you do thoughts? I, you know, I used to have a theory that uh, I wouldn't write songs down because if they were any good, I'd remember them at least a couple of days. But the, I, that was when I was a teenager. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I will forget a song 30 minutes after. It could be a good idea. And I've just got to where I just I open up my voice memo on my phone. I used to would carry around a little notepad or something but then write them down. But I open the voice memo on my phone and I sing them in there. And that way they're collected both lyrically and melodically and everything. And I just go back and listen to it. And um, I've always kind of wrote songs from just a, almost like you would write a, a, a paper, you know, like they taught us in English class, just a, you know, almost like the bubble. The hook is your main idea. And then off of that is your kind of supporting ideas. That would be the lines of your chorus and, off of that would be your supporting ideas, which basically be your verses. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and that's how I learned how to write songs, because uh, it's just a poem with a repetitive chorus, essentially, you know, and and I would come up with if I ever ran into kind of problems, as long as I had that hook. It's easy to kind of use that bubble method of creative writing to kind of come up with what you want to say about it, you know, 
So, and, uh, so Brad, you still have a lot of songs in you, don't you? I, th- I, I, you know, I can't, I can't name when they come out, but yes, I, I write, I write a lot. Yeah, well, good. Hey, so before we end, uh, end for good on, on our conversation, which has been so incredible, uh, the Better Life Foundation, you formed it as a 5013C in 2000, and we used to host it here in, in South Mississippi. You've moved it around. Uh, you're in North Carolina these days. You did a lot of amazing work for the, the community after, after Hurricane Katrina. Tell me a little bit more about that foundation. We know we started the, we started the foundation down there and, and, um, Kind of modeled it after Brett's, uh, after Brett Farr's foundation. We we went to his uh, the first year. Uh, the, he he invited us over there to his, and was like, "Well, you know, we can do this." And so we kind of was like, "Well, let's have us an event, and we'll have an auction." And we and we modeled it after his, and and uh, and it was not small, but not like it is now. And the year, you know, in two thousand five, when Katrina hit, that really kind of is like, "All right, we need to step it up." That, and it was also the most difficult year we had to put it on because we had to move it over to Mobile. There was no casinos there and stuff, you know, and um, and getting to the opportunity. We were afforded the opportunity to do a lot after Katrina because we were on tour when Katrina hit. And so we stayed out. We had four or five more shows. And so we just kind of did impromptu food drives at all of those shows. And each one of those places, letting them know that day, that we were having a food drive, each one of those places sent a semi to the coast. Each city did. Of, of st- of, I remember one, the, uh, one night after the show, they brought all the stuff in an arena that we was playing, and you couldn't see the arena floor for all the bags. And it was wow. weird, now, and we announced that food drive that day. But, and, uh, but you did way more than that. You bought, I say, like police cars. We're trying to remember. And brought handcuff- Waveland, uh, three police cars, a fire truck, because they didn't have anything. And, uh, and that really just kind of helped us step it up. And now we've, we've got to where we do a couple of international things. I think we're going into our 18th year. This would be, I think. And uh, I'm not sure if we'll actually get to have the event this year or not. But it'll be our first year that we don't have it since we started it. And I don't know how many... Uh, I don't know how many millions of dollars that we raised. We raised several, several million dollars of the thing. But, you know, I mean, it was by the grace of God that we just get to be a catalyst for so many people to give. And, you know, and people that believe in what we're doing there. And we we're always really careful with where we give the money. And and uh, and we we really kind of highly prefer to contribute to like grassroots things that like. Right. Say right. church groups that are going to provide labor. Right. We'll buy the building expense. Uh, so what I've seen stuff. in my life as a publisher of a newspaper is that it takes organizations like yours, because while there are so many nonprofits that try to meet so many needs, there are still gaps everywhere. And that's just the reality of the situation. Hey, Brad, we're getting to the end of our time together. But let me say this. Through the foundation, you're able to do broad work. Through your own personal experience with sobriety, it's an inspiration for others to, to step forward and make a choice to get clean so they can also have the same outlook on life that you have. And it is completely doable. They just have to make the decision to do it. But I, I really appreciate your willingness to tell the story. And uh, we'll come back to you again in a, in a few months and just see how you're doing. And hopefully you're able to do some kind of touring. You know, we'll, yeah. have, we'll have to see where this goes. Well, I can promise you this. Our first priority of playing shows our first priority is to come down there and play that show that we were going to play last month in Biloxi. We're going to make that show up. I, don't, well, I, look, it, forward. It was, I, look, I look forward to seeing you then. 
and uh, maybe we can catch a fishing trip while you're down here. That sounds good. That <laughs> sounds good. God bless you, man. God bless y'all, and thank y'all so much. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Twitter at Super Talk MSGC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.